Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. Los Angeles City Council members are renewing calls for unarmed crisis response efforts by the LAPD. This comes after the first week of the year saw two fatal police shootings and the death of 31-year-old Keenan Anderson, who was repeatedly tased by officers. KPCC's Robert Grova has the story. In police body cam video released last week, 31-year-old Keenan Anderson appears distraught before officers tase him multiple times. Anderson died later that day. In other incidents, Takar Smith and Oscar Leon Sanchez appeared to be experiencing a mental health crisis when they were fatally shot by LAPD officers. Councilmember Marquise Harris-Dawson joined Black Lives Matter activists outside City Hall Tuesday. We do not respond to mental health calls with mental health care. We respond with guns and badges and shouting that people may or may not be in a position to adhere to. The city has selected three contractors to head up a pilot program that would send out unarmed mental health workers on nonviolent calls. According to LAPD Chief Michael Moore, of 31 officer shootings in 2022, 11 involved a person perceived to have a mental illness. For the California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles. Pacific Gas and Electric is in criminal court again, this time to fight charges it killed four Shasta County residents in a 2020 wildfire. KQED's Dan Brecky has more. The company is facing four counts of manslaughter for its alleged role in starting the Zog fire near Redding. Shasta County prosecutors allege that the utility is criminally responsible because it failed to identify and remove a damaged tree that fell on power lines and sparked the fire. PG&E has pleaded not guilty and says failing to remove the tree does not amount to a crime. A preliminary hearing that began yesterday in Reading is expected to last into next month. PG&E previously pleaded guilty to 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter for starting the 2018 campfire in Butte County. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. For Madera County near Yosemite, the new year has brought more than just stormy weather. The county's only hospital closed. That leaves 150,000 residents without specialty care, without an emergency room, and many of the hospital's 700 employees without a job. Omar Rashad and Dipna Uguoju are reporters with Fresno Land. They did a deep dive to figure out how this happened, and they join me now. Omar, a lot of people were caught off guard by Madera Community Hospital closing because they thought it was going to be acquired by a larger company named Trinity Health. Can you tell us what happened? As is required by law, Attorney General Rob Bonta had to assess the merger deal um, with Trinity Health and Madera Community Hospital, and he issued specific conditions that his office says would have kept healthcare affordable for Madera's residents. And shortly after his office issued those conditions, Trinity Health backed out of the deal. The Madera Community Hospital announced that it would soon file for bankruptcy. And and, and that leaves more than 150,000 people in in Madera County without a local hospital. And one of the doctors you spoke to said it pretty plainly, patients are going to die. What are people who need medical care doing now? Without those clinics and without the hospital, you really have important integral healthcare access just missing in a community. And, and right now, if a Madarian who's he's you know close to southern Madera County are at least a half an hour drive away from the closest hospital, which is um, St. Agnes Medical Center in Fresno, a lot of Madarians may not be able to make that trip. They may not own a car or a vehicle. They may not have a friend who can drive them. You know, that's that's a huge impact because the closure of the Madera Community Hospital has now pushed its emergency patient volume to three hospitals in Fresno County. And when I checked in with the county last week, they said that as of January 9, all hospitals in Fresno County were at 100 percent capacity and, and one hospital was at 118 percent capacity. Dimpna, what about those employed by the hospital? Of course, you know, there are the doctors and the nursing staff, but I'm thinking of, you know, the housekeepers, janitors. Being from that area myself, I know there aren't a ton of opportunities for work. How are they dealing with this? There was a woman who is now 66 years old who has been with the hospital for more than 30 years. And yes, she could possibly, if she wants, find a job in Fresno, but driving is an issue for her. And also, she doesn't have skills that are easily transferable. And there are people who are kitchen helpers who served food to patients who did menial work throughout the hospital that are now without jobs. 
So it is a big loss job-wise for many people in the Madeira area. And we know this isn't a unique situation. I know Kwea Medical Center in Tulare was facing similar financial issues earlier last year. What does this say about the financial structure of medical facilities that might need to change? I, I think that ultimately leaders, and I'm, I'm talking about statewide or countywide or even nationwide, need to look at several issues, including the way the rural hospitals or the smaller hospitals are compensated by medical insurance groups, particularly the government-sponsored medical uh, insurance groups like Medical or Medicaid. I see. And finally, is there anything going on in the county or in surrounding areas to support these patients who relied on this hospital for so long? There are plans. Nothing has materialized so far. Thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. That was reporter Omar Rashad and Dimpna Ugwoju with Fresno Land. And that's the California Report for Thursday, January 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 